Hi everyone, it's Belle here with another episode of Bippity Boppity Boss, and I'm so excited to have a fantastic new guest, and dare I say friend, join us today. Her name is Agatha Isabel. Agatha, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yes, thank you for having me. This is really, really lovely. The vibes are already really good, so... We'll just we'll just hang and flow. But my name is Agatha Isabel. Um, people online know me for my houseplants. I'm a big houseplant person. Um, it's really my kind of wellness side. Um, but people also know me as a entrepreneur, author, and also by day I actually work in privacy law. So lots of things going on. But generally, the entryway or the gateway drug is really the houseplants. <laughs> the houseplant like care and vibes and all that thing all those things and and yeah it's a good time I love that Agatha I feel like you obviously have a green thumb and we can all see that here with your beautiful landscape behind you but quick tips for anyone who's new to being a plant parent like what do you usually tell them because for me like I even struggled with keeping succulents alive which I think is kind of sad but would love to hear from you what's your take the my main thing is I like to tell people to treat houseplants kind of like dating. You're not gonna get along with every single plant. You're not gonna love every single plant, and they're not all gonna thrive with you. It's about like finding out what works best. And I hate it when people are like, "I don't have a green thumb. I'm not a good plant parent." It's like, no, it's not you. It's probably the environment that the plants are in, or you're just getting kind of wrong misinformation, which is like pretty honest about just us consuming plants as a as a hobby. Um, so I like to tell people to treat it like dating, find out what kind of plant mom or plant dad or plant person you want to be. If you want to be the kind of person that engages with something every other day, or you just want to look at it, it be an aesthetic and you look at it once a month. So that's probably my biggest tip is one, what kind of plant parent do you want to be? How, how much do you want to be engaged with it? And then two, just finding out kind of like what works best for you. Um, testing out different types of pots, different areas in the home. It's really just about taking it a step at a time um, because, like, you know, we all go on dates. We all are, like, hanging out with different people. We vibe with them sometimes. Sometimes we don't. That's going to be the same with plants. And it should be I, – I think it should be fun and not stressful. <laughs> I think a lot of us got really serious about it during the pandemic because we, like, had nothing else and we were stuck inside. But that's kind of the, the main thing. I, it's not you. That's, that's the thing. It's, it's probably the plant. <laughs> I love that there's so many things that come to mind and it's also funny that you're like it's not stressful like I feel like if it's stressful you're doing it wrong and like you're yeah right so you talked about different environments and I know you've traveled and lived all across the country and the world like what's it like to be a plant parent in LA versus New York like would you need like different plants for the different Mm -hmm. habitats the biggest thing I'll say is seasons. Um, it seems like that's something that's not going to be as big of a factor because they're inside, but that's not necessarily true. Um, one of the things that I find is like similar to how in the winter things get really dry, we turn on our like heaters, things like that. You actually really see the difference that plants are kind of being affected by it by just the relative humidity in your home, probably because you are turning on your heater. So it's not as, you know, um, kind of there's not as much humidity versus the type of light that you're also getting. I will say that it's a lot. I think and I don't want to use it. I don't want to use the word easier because I'm not trying to like say you should have plants in one one place or the other. But I will say that there's more room for error in places like um, LA or or the West side, just because the change of temperature isn't as drastic. You're not usually worried about like frost and things like that. Like when I lived in New York, like even if I had plants near the window, like that still was kind of like sometimes not great because there was like a really cold day and there's just some kind of draft. And then like half of the plants are like frozen and like crispy and dead. Um, so I will say there's a little bit more room for error, but also like sometimes if I have a plant that I'm like, what is happening to it? It's doing crazy things. I kind of just like take a break from it and I'll put it outside in like a shady spot. Um, and I think that definitely is more, it's a lot easier to do that on the West Coast at pretty much almost any season versus in New York. So I will say light too is, is a big factor in general, but actually the humidity, um, the humidity is a really big one. 
because that's kind of like the invisible thing that we don't really think about. We look at like if we're watering our plants, we see the light and how it's affecting it, but we're not all necessarily looking at like hydrometers or different kind of things to track humidity, but that's actually a really big part of it. So that's kind of my experience. And don't worry about succulents. I hate, so succulents are not meant to be like, I don't think they're meant to be an entry level plant. I think the reason why we like to start with them or why they're given to us is that they tend to like hold on a little bit longer <laughs> than other plants. But like you, they generally want to be in drier areas with full sun. Um, and we don't have that in our homes. Like we literally are trying to water it like it's a tropical plant. It's not. And I think that's kind of like the biggest, the biggest scam with succulents is it's not a tropical plant in the way that people are just going to keep kind of watering it. And it has kind of this ability to bounce back. Like, no, like they don't want to be watered. They want to be watered less they're succulents for the reason that they're retaining a lot of moisture and that they want high light because they're usually outside. So I, whenever people start with succulents, I'm like, no, it's a, it's a lie. We're being fed a lie. Um, we were, we shouldn't start with succulents, but that's also why I like to kind of introduce to plants, to different people in, in like different ways. And that's why I actually, that's actually why I got into plants is because I was like one day a coworker in mine, and then eventually um, a future like roommate, I was like, I think we can propagate succulents. I think you can do that by like breaking them off. And I went down this like really deep, dark spiral of like succulents. And then it actually took me a really long time to get good with them. And then I moved on to tropical plants, but they're hard. They're not meant to, I don't think they're meant to be, or they should be a starter plant. I think if we're doing that, we're just lying to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I love that. You also said stuff about humidity and like I was in DC at the time, so I just blame DC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, DC is so humid. Are you kidding me? It's just like you're just all gonna die there. And yeah, and succulents, like if there's too much humidity, they'll just rot. They're like, yeah. bye. I was like, why do these things keep rotting? I was like, is it me? No, it's DC. It's the humidity. It's the small. No, it's yeah. DC is disgusting. Yeah. Like, do not I, I miss the people in DC but I do not miss the gross humidity and just like being everyone's just like covered in sweat walking around and you're like this isn't normal like we shouldn't, <laughs> we shouldn't, why are we doing this to ourselves in like suits like going on the hill yes, like torture yourself yeah Anyways. not glamorous it's like the opposite of no. glamorous it's not legally blonde too they lied <laughs> it's all a lie everything is a lie it's an illusion it is an illusion (laughs) so speaking of illusions and a lot of things in reality in the 3d are illusions and we get to decide what we want to experience and a lot of our listeners believe that because they're conscious manifestors would love to hear a little bit more about your manifestation process like what you've done to become an author and build this really fascinating, beautiful life for yourself. Yeah. So it's, it's actually a a pretty interesting one. So I became like an accidental author. Um, Like don't get me wrong. When I was younger, I I loved like writing, reading, all those things, but it wasn't going to be like my career of choice. wasn't going to be like, I'm going to write stuff and people are going to read it. Um, it actually kind of started with um, my stressful DC politic, uh, politics job and then eventually my stressful tech job in New York where I actually used and started getting into houseplants as kind of just like an alter ego and just way to like get away. Like I'd like log on to my plant Instagram and just be like, what plants am I posting today? Like the world is burning, but this plant has a new leaf, so it's going to be fine. Um and I remember during the pandemic, I got so burned out with social media. And I was like, I hate this. Why are we here? Like, obviously, we're all here because we can't see each other. Like, we miss community. But it just, I got, it got a little too much. It got a little bit more difficult. And at the same time, I think there were a lot of, like, algorithm changes with, like, the introduction of reels and, like, stories and mess. And I'm like, oh, I can't just, you know, post 
a beautiful picture of something that I saw, you know, at it out in nature or a new leaf of my plant, I have to like make it fun, make it quirky, make it a video. And I just was like, this is too much. And I was like, I really wish that there was a way that I could talk about plants and write about them without essentially like having to do it on social media. And I remember I kind of took some time off from social media. I was in New York at the time. Um, and I just was like, okay, I think I want to change. I want, I don't want to spend as much time on social media. I want to like diversify how I'm like connecting with people. Um, and this was actually during a, a kind of difficult time in my life where I had broken up with a partner. I decided I was going to move back West from New York. It was also at the same time, there were like a lot of good and a lot of just like challenges at the same time I like was um, starting a new job like all good things um and I just found myself very exhausted by everything and I was like I need something new I need something different like what is it gonna be and I really was just like damn I wish I could just like I don't know just be I, I wish I could just write about plants and just like not have to post about them and worry about the algorithm and then I kid you not I get an email. I, I I get an email. This is like sometime I want to say it's like September of twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. Um, but it was like in September, and I was just was like, I had just gone through this crazy move from New York from Brooklyn to LA. I moved my two cats, which was a freaking disaster. I never want to talk about that ever again to anybody. Don't ask me about it because I will get triggered. Um, had all my stuff moved. My plants were like, oh, my God. I spent 48 hours straight packing up my plants and, like, taking them with me. And I just was like, I'm dying. I need I need something new. Check my email. And it's just like, I don't even know how this happens. Like, I, I feel like when people ask me for advice about how to become an author, I'm like, manifest it. Put it into the universe. And they're like, what? Like, just put it into the universe, trust, do what you can. It'll, and like, obviously, those aren't steps exactly to follow as like reach out to, you know, a literary agent. But I literally got an email from um, Glenny, who was my editor for Houseplant Hookups. And she sent me an email. It was very much like, hey, have you ever thought about writing a book? Um, have you ever, like, I think you have like a really great voice, like, you have really great writing. And at this point, crazy imposter syndrome. And I'm like, writing what voice um and then I realized she was talking about Instagram um and it's funny because you look at I think there was a time during the pandemic where like I you didn't people weren't even posting like captions or just like whatever like see what happens but I used to actually really give writing a lot of thought where I would be like okay this is a photo here's how I felt this is things um and yeah and I literally was like what what's going on and actually at the time I was traveling um and I was over overwhelmed with work I was like okay um I'm about to go on this vacation so this is actually funny I was about to go on a vacation to Costa Rica and I was like okay like because I have a five percent of brain space and I'm somewhere different like let me take this opportunity and I responded to her and I was like you know what would love to chat fast forward a few weeks later I'm in Miami now for I was in a, there for a conference I was in Costa Rica for vacation I went to um, Orlando for a conference and I stopped by Miami to visit friends. And I was like, again, okay, look, there's like, I have 5% of brain space. Let's have this meeting. And it ended up being like the most magical thing. And I actually don't even remember how, who came up with the idea first. I remember being like, okay, this is, there's this book that I've been wanting to write where it's like about houseplants and like men that I've dated and connecting them to houseplants. And then my editor was like, okay, I see it being this way. And then my version of the book was not PG. <laughs> like it was just like not very PG. And she's like, okay, let's like meet, let's meet in the middle. Um, and I really love that she, she did that for me because I think my main goal in wanting to write was I wanted to share more about plants and I wanted it to be more, it, I wanted it to be easier for people to get into the hobby. Um, and I wanted it to be fun. Like that was kind of the main thing. I wanted, you know, another female woman of color as like the artist to, to create it. And I just remember it being like, I want it to be affordable. I want it to be accessible. So it was like less than $20. Um, and it's like a woman of color. And, and I just remember 
over time and this was during a time where it was like post pandemic so we were I was just feeling really bad about like just generally everything so I wasn't necessarily like advocating for myself but during this process I was like it must be affordable it must be accessible it must be also by a woman of color in terms of like the artistry etc and then like a year later I get this beautiful book uh in my hands and it's just like first of all it's pink stunning it's just it's just like an it just feels good like, like there's, just, there's something going on. the textures is another level the photos are just like amazing wow and then they let me just kind of put in a lot of little I actually call them little easter eggs like there's I should really just do this online where I'm like find the like four um topics about like the Philippines or like Filipinos yes. like there's like little things like that or like find the five dogs and animals that are in the book but it just ended up being this like really beautiful thing um and I remember like I really needed it like I really needed a creative outlet I needed something that was different um I mentioned at the time I like had gotten over um a breakup so I just was like all I'm doing right now is taking care of my plants and I'm on dating apps. Wait, I could put that into a book. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what ended up happening. Um, but it's it's one of those things where I, I really didn't believe it. But I was like, okay, just I'm putting it out there. I'm not necessarily taking no for an answer, but I'm going to be open to what comes to me. And then I'm going to meet, meet in the middle and then see what the universe has to offer. So it was a lot of that. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like one of the th- things now people will ask me, they're like, how did you find a literary agent? How did you like pitch a publisher? And I was just like, I didn't. And I didn't. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Love everything you just said. And you were just so open to receiving when the timing was right. Like that is how like it works. Like you plant that seed in your head, like this is what I need. And sometimes it comes in a way where you don't expect it at the most unusual times. But Thank you so much for sharing that. That was just beautiful. And I know that your story and your book, I know you said you needed that as an outlet, but we needed you. Like the world (gasps) needs to hear your story. The fact that you were able to transmute any pain and hurt from Mm -hmm. that heartbreak and turn into something beautiful and productive and something that can help others and also turn it into art in a way. Like we need more people like that. Like we need like, a world where there's like another renaissance where there's people that have something bigger to offer and I just got chills because like it's so inspiring to meet someone who not only thought about something but actually like finished like tell us about that because there's so many people out there that have ideas but like they want they need to like actually like know that it's possible to finish and follow through yeah well first of all that's like the sweetest thing that anyone's ever said to me (laughs) um but but yeah I think in terms of like kind of what you're saying with the process I really learned to like trust it like I'm very much someone where I'm like very independent I'd rather do it myself like let me do this thing and I know and knew that okay book publishing not my background maybe had a had background in marketing from like you know past uh a past job that I had or I had a background in like writing because of the way that I did xyz but I knew that I had to give some space for others to do what they were good at and trust them and letting me do what I was good at. So I think that was like the the, the biggest thing is it's like my superpower was writing. I hate editing. Editing is the worst. Like even in college, like (laughs) in just work, I'm like, I hate editing. And there's someone out there though that their superpower is editing and that literally was Glenny like my publisher just had magical like I just I was just in shock but essentially how how the process ended up going was um we were trying to hit very specific deadlines and it was honestly like I want to say it was obviously like a year's worth of like everything coming to fruition but the writing itself and the doing the work was like in a six week sprint so it was like okay I'm writing this chapter these 
profiles of these plants and I'm going to write X amount in two weeks. And then after two weeks, I'm going to give that to my editor. She's going to edit at the same time. I'm going to write another two weeks and then whatever she is done with, I'm going to give like, you know, the blessing. And it was one of those things where like, I had to start writing because obviously whatever had to be written first would then help inform the, the voice and how we wanted to kind of see the art and like the artists that would come along. Um, but it was like a lot of that for six weeks, probably did not make all of my deadlines. I was, I was creative about it where I'd be like, I wrote this for you. It wasn't exactly what you wanted, but, uh, I think, so it was just kind of like one of those things where it's like, old me probably wouldn't have given like that quote unquote power or authority to someone else. But I also wouldn't have been able to write what I had done if I didn't have someone tell me like you need to do x or z um so it was very much like a process of trust but trust that you're gonna have someone that understands your vision and is working towards the same thing and it's kind of like I'm, I kind of compare it to like getting a tattoo like a lot of people are like oh what was your first tattoo like what did you you know get this and that how did you pick that and I'm like honestly I had an idea for eight years or however long um I it, I wasn't sure until I found the artist and then they made it come to life and I think that's the same way with book writing and book publishing at least it's like just know it's going to be you it's going to be your voice obviously you want people to advocate for you but you're going to have to trust that that person is going to make your vision come to life um and or be working towards the same goal um, and yeah, and that was like a very refreshing thing for me because I was like, I don't know who this woman is. <laughs> she's coming out of nowhere. She's saying she's offering me a book deal. And I'm like, what's going on? Um, and at first, you know, at first you didn't trust it. First, I had my imposter syndrome, but I just kind of like learned to trust. I think that was the biggest thing. Trust, flow with the people and just communicate. Um, I think when you're working on something that fast and and there's so many kind of different things that you're working towards and certain people are relying on you to kind of churn work that then they'll use it something else. Um, it was really, yeah, it was, it was challenging. It was fun. It was a little bit initially heartbreaking because people are right that you have all these ideas and then you're just going to like kind of cut half of them out. Um, but you know, I guess that's what a book two is for. So book two, that's exciting. Are you we're, we're 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 in the works um we are we were in I was manifesting and then I was like oh, I could probably just do a lot of it myself now that I know so um yeah book two is in the works there's actually also a three that just <gasps> randomly came out of nowhere yeah so that's amazing it's, um it's exciting I'm in I'm in my author era yeah so. author era I love that yeah. that is iconic you're iconic and good good things always come in threes. So everyone Gosh, loves a trilogy. Yeah, yeah, I'm like so pumped. Yeah. Would love if you're open to it. Would love to talk about how you overcame imposter syndrome because I think this is something mm-hmm. that could help anyone and especially yeah. help inspire younger generations and other uplift other women and other people in general. Would love your take on it because your journey is just so beautiful. Yeah. So. Um, the imposter syndrome is one that comes comes and goes every once in a while. I think when I first moved to DC and I first worked in my politics and marketing, um, I was like, what skills do I have? I don't know. <laughs> and then kind of got over that and then moved to New York, got into tech, and I was like, what skills do I have? I don't know. And it's, it's one of those things that I realized over time, um, and honestly, with the help of therap- multiple different therapists, um, but also like my, my business coach, it was one of those things where I just kind of like did a little bit of self-reflection and was like, where is it coming from? What is telling me that I'm not good enough? Or what is that voice? Um, and it's a lot of that, at least for me, it was a lot of like internal work. Like that's the thing about imposter syndrome is you think it's like, okay, I feel this way because I just don't have the experience or I don't have this or I don't have that but at the end of the day it's actually not about doing the work that you think you can't do it's about like the doing the actual reflection of yourself 
Um, so in terms of like overcoming it, it was a lot of that. So I was like, okay, where is this coming from? And I'm like, okay, well, I already know that, you know, if I go into, um, if I go from marketing to tech, I'm going to go from a very heavy female led industry. I'm going to a male one. Like, what are the things I know I'm going to experience? What are the things that are going to be difficult? And it was really about being honest with what my challenges were. Um, and then it was also about really doing the things to prove to myself that I don't have imposter syndrome or I'm not an imposter versus trying to prove others. I think that's like the big one. It's like we go in, we have imposter syndrome and then we project. So sometimes we feel like, okay, we don't have the skill or we don't know how to do that. I'm going to just like talk a little bit louder or like whatever, which I will always talk loud. I don't don't care but I think that's kind of like where I started with so it was a lot of the internal reflection it was like seeing whatever I was projecting and like working on that um and honestly the thing that worked for me a lot was like getting back down to like statistics um so I actually studied international development studies but I minored in gender studies and essentially like gender inequality um at UCLA so I remember challenging a lot of what I heard like I remember people being like oh like women aren't really in STEM like people don't aren't like you know they're not engineers they're not like doctors this and that and I'd just be like my mom was an engineer so was my aunt like my mom's a badass like what do you mean like I don't understand and it's just like about like okay but where does that come from like what's the reason and I remember going to UCLA and I was in a predominantly white community growing up I went to UCLA and I was just like everybody was Asian and I'm like oh these are my people and then I realized oh no no no, these are all very kinds of (laughs) different people like there's you know um and so sometimes when I'm having like difficulty understanding I just kind of go back to the statistic of like hey I'm having a hard time doing xyz like what else is happening okay you know what this is just like this time of the year is like difficult for me in terms of like seasons and like holidays or okay my one coworker is not as responsive or is not doing as well like what's going on it's like okay she's a new mom or she's dealing with like and it's about honestly putting and I, I say scientific just because in my head there are stats like okay women are more likely to do a lot of the child care or like Women are more likely to, you know, um, when they quote um, an offer or they ask for a salary negotiation, they're going to, you know, ask for something 20% less. So I try to remember what that is and I try to course correct it as I'm kind of doing the work. Um, And that actually really helps me. Um, And that's just more of like the grounding aspect. Um, Because I'm actually, I'm a, a pretty emotional person like I'm very empathetic which is almost to a fault sometimes but I try to be like okay here's the reason why I feel this way this is the societal expectations of why this tends to be this way here's the historical implications of why this is this way and then I try to take myself out of it and accept um, instead like understand like the environment like similar with plants so that's kind of like a big one for me um and then the second one, which is actually a very new thing that um, I, I just discovered with my coach is I am the kind of person where I do a million things at a time, doing a hundred different things. I, you know, work in tech during the day. I'm an author outside of that. I have like a small business um, and I do other things, blah, 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 I volunteer. And I remember kind of growing up I would be like let me read these like self-help books or let me read these things and then I realized I'm like all of this stuff is just like white men telling other people what to do and one of the worst things I ever did was take a white man in text advice which it was like okay if you have a lot of things to do you know the things that will take you less than five minutes do that first you don't even need to you know create a to-do list I'm like a chronic to-do list maker like I have to-do lists to make to-do lists and so I would just spend my time doing these small little things for five minutes and blah blah blah. and then over time it just I just realized I was like I'm doing so much work but I'm not creating impact like why do I feel like I'm doing so much work but I'm not really accomplishing what I want to um 
And then finally, after years of searching for both a career coach that had corporate experience that had entrepreneurial experience that also was a woman that was a person of color which for years I looked and I could not find one and then I finally found one which which is like magical um one of the things that she that when I actually was talking to her about imposter syndrome she was like okay tell me like how you go about your day-to-day and I'm like yeah I do like the smallest things first and she was like no and I was like what do you mean she's like do the hardest things first and I was like what why but I could just do the smaller things first and then I get more done. It's like, no, you don't. You lie to yourself. You lie to yourself. Um, and it was like one of those things where I'm like, why did I listen to this? Damn it, this white man. Um, but it just was like, it turned into very much like, okay, again, I should have known. <laughs> I studied gender studies the things that work for men don't work for women. Like, you know, and I could have been difficult on myself, but I just like needed to hear it from someone else that like had experienced the things that I experienced and or has similar like just thoughts, right? <laughs> and like goals and dreams. So so that was a really a big one. Um it's definitely a lot of the self-reflection to kind of sum it up, but also like finding the right people to work with if you are needing to like get that out into the universe and I'm not necessarily like saying just get a business coach or whatever it could be a mentor um it could be a friend it could be you know someone not in your industry but you look up to um I think that's a really important one is is definitely don't talk about imposter syndrome to someone else that has the same imposter syndrome in that same industry as you um because you guys will just go through a spiral of um I call it angry hour so you're at happy hour but it turns very angry and you're just like yelling at each other you know what I mean but so yeah I think those things work really well for me um and then writing just kind of like keeping track of this is what I was thinking this is what I was feeling looking back at it and being like oh yeah this this tends to happen around this time or like things get really difficult and like you know q4 and everyone gets stressed like okay it's fine like um so try to take myself as much of it out of it as possible trying to find those grounding techniques um and then honestly just being like and honestly this is this is a new thing but like sometimes i'm just like f it who cares who cares if i'm not perfect like whatever that it doesn't affect them they're not paying my bills um and just having like that sense of like whatever live life love or whatever people say but um but yeah <laughs> i love all of that and like the strive for progress and over perfection and just accepting mm-hmm. who you are and reflecting on you who you are and not needing the external validation and just recognizing yourself like you are worthy agatha like you are worthy as you are right now yeah no what like we all are we're worthy yeah. now and like yeah. it's amazing like our superpower is the fact that you are the only Agatha Isabel in the world that is your version of Agatha, right? Like there is no other Agatha and like, that is fantastic. So yeah. I, just, I think that's super important. I like to, I just try to like remind myself, like you just remember, like look at where we were five years ago and like, look at what you've really accomplished. Um, it's really hard. I think, especially as like, people that are generally high energy always wanting to do stuff but I'm like no I really I really did that like five years ago was a, a very different place even a year ago it's very different so yeah that is exciting are you able to share like your favorite affirmation with us Ooh, okay I okay so I can I cheat on the favorite affirmation yeah or you can have like more than one that's fine or like I- so I actually, so I love affirmations, but to a point where like, I have too many of them. Um, and I actually have an affirmations app. Where is it? Which app is it? Um, so it's called, oops, my, my phone's like doing some more things. Oh, oh it's, up, it's updating. <laughs> um, it's called I am. Wait, I have the same um, one. Wait, you have the same wait, one? Okay, let me see so. if I, do you want me to pull it up if yours is updating? Yeah, mine is updating. Um, I think it's gonna be done pretty quickly. But so I was going through some some stuff. Um, and so my affirmations that I have were very much like really a lot of them was like self love. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of I guess I I feel like I have too many. Like I feel like we might need to to do a follow up just to go through the 
affirmation. I love this. Um, but the the main gist of it is generally like, okay, actually, okay. So this is this is the main one that I also do, and I don't know if you do this, but have you? Um, there was like a study or something that I read a long time ago where if you just repeat certain things in like everyday uses, it's like more of a powerful thing. Um, so not to give away like how I I think about my passwords or anything like that, but I actually use affirmations in certain passwords. Um, but the biggest one I have for myself right now, at least, and it's just pretty much the most important is like keeping, like keeping enough energy for myself. Yes. Um, that's like a really, really, really big one. Um, so I don't even, I don't even know if you know this, but in, um, in May, I actually, was in Costa Rica for another vacation and then I got into a pretty crazy accident. I saw the photo. Um, Are you okay? Yeah. I, I'm totally fine now. Okay. We're like six months. I'm not totally fine. I'm like alive and well in all of the things, but um, it was like, it was pretty bad. Like I was in the hospital for like five days. I couldn't, I was bedridden for like a month or two. Um, it was a whole thing, but it's funny that we're talking about it because the start of the cycle of the book started in when I was in Costa Rica, like, three years ago I think or whenever I got the first email was when I was in wow. Costa Rica about the book and actually so after I finished writing the book I had just um so this is really crazy and and this is where things are almost happening too fast so like at the beginning of the year last year I'm sorry the same year I had bought a house after I moved oh, I got a promotion thank you it's exciting. Uh, I got a promotion. I finished my book. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go on this book tour. Like, let's, let's go and like celebrate and go to Costa Rica. It was like a friend's birthday. So we we're doing that. Um, and at, at that time I was like, I think I'm like overcompensating. I'm like doing too many things. And it was crazy because I was like, I really need a break. Um, and I kind of was at the point where like, I, I just need to take a break and like this and that. Well, I got it. I got <laughs> three breaks to my like femur um, no, on my leg. The wrong kind of break you yeah. want to manifest. The wrong kind of break. So I, yeah. accidental manifestation. But so I yeah, broke I my leg. Oh, no. Um, I like thought it was just really gross. I like lost a lot of skin on my ankles. Agatha, um, what almost are you doing? Um, I essentially fell off an ATV and like kind of rolled down the jungle a bit. Um, I had to get like ambulance to like the nearest city because I was in the middle of nowhere and then like airlifted. At least they um, had that there. Like, I mean, it's the middle yeah, of the jungle, like wild. Yeah, it was a very painful ride down from the jungle to like to the airport where they had the medic plane. But so, so yeah, so essentially I had gone through all of this stuff um, and I just was like, okay, I literally need a break. I, caught a different kind of break um and it was one of those things where it's like now it's like full circle where I'm like I really needed some form of like reflection and healing and it went through healing of all kinds so it wasn't just physical it was like mental it was like kind of getting back to the person that I see myself as and like really feeling authentic and feeling I'm very honest with myself and I had a lot of time to myself I had way too much time to myself but honestly I feel like that made a lot of the creativity better um part of what was kind of crazy is right before the vacation my publisher was like oh you're, we're getting such great traction and feedback from the book like can we move it up on um, the release date to September and I was like yeah sure that's great and then I literally broke my leg and I'm like I can't go on a, on a tour <laughs> so um but it was one of those things where I think I needed to not rush or like do things too quickly. Like I really needed to like take the time to reflect, go through what I actually was writing this book for, for why I was going into writing. And it really helped me accept myself as like an author and as this bad B that I really that I really was that I just kind of was like damn I really just I really just broke my leg like you know and it and it's been a great drain itself because it's been like all that reflection um and now it's like you know it's like the second coming of manifestation where I'm like 
Oh, let me manifest a second book deal. Let me manifest, you know, getting over the physical trauma and all of the other traumas. And it just was like, the universe really let me rest, which I've never done. I've never taken time off from work like that. Um, and granted, I had to, like, I couldn't, you know, <laughs> walk or, or do anything. But yeah, it was uh, just wild. Wild. I was just thinking that it's like, it's so fascinating how sometimes we get what we need, but not what we technically ask for. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And what was really crazy is like, I was almost overcompensating, right? I was like, okay, I'm like, I really need to like catch up. I was like in my head, I was like, I need to catch up. I need to buy a house. I need to get promoted. I need to like do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, and at one point, my therapist was like, I think you're going a little too fast. And I was like, am I? Going hard, right? And then, and then I broke my leg. So crazy. Let's talk about overcoming fear because you are pretty brave. I feel like doing things on ETVs, you're starting businesses, writing books, traveling across the country, traveling all around the world. Like, how do you overcome fear? Like, how do you, well, like any advice for people that are trying to like live more passionately? I think definitely the biggest one is like, in order to live passionately, you have to really truly understand what makes you like tick. Um, like I've always, or historically I've done the things that I was quote unquote supposed to do. Like I was supposed to work really hard and go to like college. I was supposed to like move up and do all of this. And then I kind of realized, you know, probably when I turned 30 that I was like, success and happiness isn't what they it's not what anyone tells you it's what you make of it yourself and I know that sounds like really really obvious but it took me 30 years to figure that out it took me 30 years to figure out like no one else is paying my bills I'm paying my bills no one is going to understand the vision that I have because it's my vision um people aren't going to be working towards the same goals that I have because they're mine and I think it's the perfect balance of like being very aware of what makes you you and what drives you because after you get that promotion after you get that house after you get that book deal like at the end of the day like is is that really making you happy is that is that your version of of success and for me at least getting over the fear is I like to tell myself someone else has done it before you someone else has overcome similar things as you if you aren't if you aren't seeing the type of thing being done maybe it's time for you to do it and it's like the universe will give you signs of this is this idea coming to fruition or this is this thing you know actually becoming this this true thing and if you do anything that is not honestly for yourself or for what your goals and and dreams are and what you aspire to it's no one else is going to do it for you and then you're just going to burn yourself out and so I kind of was very much like it's going to be hard it's going to be a lot of work but guess what when you finish that, it's yours. Um, so either that's probably what I would say, or two, have a near-death experience and then come out, like, just living life. It, it's it's crazy because I tell people that, and they're like, you broke rich bone? Oh, my God, that's, like, the hardest bone to break. Wait, you broke it twice? Like, I'm just kind of, like, always happy and smiling and they're like wow you have a lot of really great energy like you really came yeah. out of this positively I was like well first of all the first month and a half was not great <laughs> trust me there was no smiling but it really takes you like not taking things for granted um and I know I've said this before but it's like really writing things down I really had a big fear of like writing things down because I felt like i put something and it wasn't mine anymore like anyone can take it and read it and it would be theirs and it's like no you're putting something down you're putting it into the universe you're making it real um 
And I would say the third thing and the most important thing is like surrounding yourself with truly the right people. Um, and it's like, whether that's your like best friends, whether it's your partner, whether it's like even work colleagues or like you're, if you have a therapist or a coach, um, invest the time in people because those people will also invest in you and they will be the ones that are there like when you're having an impossible day. Um, yeah it's a lot of it's a lot of that it's a lot of self-reflection a lot of empathy and a lot of like just being sure and doing it for yourself I love all of this and doing it for yourself like that's such an important thing because I think there's so many things where we're either trying to people please or do it for the fame or the glory but if you're aligned with yourself your higher self inner self future self, even your past self, then you access flow state. Like you literally wrote a book in six weeks, which is fantastic. And I know we're nearing the end of the episode, but before we close, I want to do like a rapid round for like, for fun. Okay. Exciting. Okay. Chocolate or cake? Ooh. Chocolate cake. Why do we have to? Why can't we have both? uh, (laughs) Chocolate cake because I get both and it's still one answer. Okay, I love that. (laughs) Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. Okay, what are you watching right now? Um. Oh my god, I went down to this deep spiral. Uh, my boyfriend made us rewatch. Uh, he has watched. I haven't, but the entire Walking Dead series. That's and if you would have if you would have told me that I was gonna spend that much time watching television, I would have been like, "You're insane," because I'm like very like not a television person. But it was great; it was lovely. Um, so outside of that, I've been um I, I've been catching up on pop culture. I feel like I went into a hole. Um, so I was just watching um the Britney versus Spears documentary, um, which is wild. I I actually am reading the um her biography right now and I her memoir and I can't even finish it because I'm just so mad (laughs) like I can't I can't do it um but yeah but generally Netflix Netflix, it's an easier one um also just don't like ads yeah no one likes ads right night owl or early bird okay wow this is a big one so on the west coast I'm very much an early bird there's something magical about the sunlight here where I actually wake up on time in New York I was a night owl um sometimes a little bit of both and I just switch like sometimes I'll do a lot of writing at night like I do a lot of personal work at night and I'm really great at doing like work work in the morning um that's usually it's like my two personalities I love that (laughs) tarot cards or astrology okay you know what I I was talking to my friends about this recently on my Instagram DMs have just been filled with a lot of tarot readings um okay so my last tarot reading that I did oh my god oh my god this is before my accident my last tarot reading was like I think it was like the heart with like the three three of swords okay girl I feel like I'm just gonna pull my deck and just pull a card for you right now yeah 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 yeah. this is like insane and I remember her being like okay so this isn't actually a bad thing I'm like there's a sword and it's uh no it literally means heartbreak and something else broke so and and that was right before the accident I was like "Mm, I might need to go find her Okay, you need to go find her and you're gonna tell her I'm shuffling right now. The yeah. craziest part is like I did a reading earlier and mm-hmm. like they all kind of came true, but like to different people around me. Like we're like in a holographic universe, so like the energy yeah. is collective and like it's all kind of interconnected. And you're gonna think this is wild. You're gonna have to meet my cousin because she also went to Costa Rica this year <gasps> and she also like hurt her foot. But she was yeah. like mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. something like <laughs> repelling off a cliff or something crazy just but no just... one go on atvs or don't <laughs> yeah. do it um, just don't yes, do it yes in, in this spring because i'll have my book tour in new york yes the garden we need to all hang out in she's spring. in jersey <gasps> so we're all gonna come yeah. see you but all right bring your bring your cards okay okay ready okay okay energy simple oh ooh, these wanted to fly out here okay the hanged man so I wonder if, like, mm-hmm. continued spiritual awakening for you here. Like, you've probably been in this – it's also, like, hibernation. So, like, 
with this current state that we're in, like winter's here, like things are kind of in that state of you just allowing it to be, which is kind of interesting. Six of Wands, victory, which is exciting. I mean, you're killing it. You're already like winning all these things, but it's a good energy. And then the Hierophant, so more awakening, enlightenment, but then also it can mean commitment. So who knows? Okay. Yeah. Well, commitment to yourself, girl, because you've you've just proven that committing to your own goals is Mm -hmm. so powerful. Yeah, always you gotta start. You gotta start with yourself. Yeah, and also always. kind of like the journey that I feel like this also mirrors everything you just said about your own story, where you had like an awakening process, right? Like you had all these things happen to you, overcame trauma, you overcame imposter syndrome. You're victorious because you charged out into battle, like the battle of your mind with, and then you committed to yourself, and like all your dreams are a reality now, but they're getting better every second so yeah the more you commit to yourself the more enlightened the more amazing and the more the universe loves you when you love you i'm both excited and terrified to see what will happen when i can walk again because i might never sit down but you that's kind of weird too because like the with the hanged man it's usually like that stagnant energy but it might be like the physical if you're you're not walking yet still i'm walking with like a limp I'm not okay. it's gonna be it, they said it's gonna be like a full year until I'm probably like back to normal so I cut the deck in half ten of pentacles financial abundance get your paper money <laughs> medical bills paid every yeah month. wish fulfillment yeah <laughs> well I'm gonna buy a bunch of signed books and add it to my store this has been yes. so amazing thank you to everyone for listening but before we go Agatha if you could describe your book in three words what would that okay. be it is oh my god three words only okay wow oh my god you're really you're really throwing it at me um so I would say my work my book in three words is plant dating shenanigans it's like plants it's dating it's everything in between it's really finding the way that you choose to take care of something is really how you take care of yourself. There's some, it's, it's a funny one. There's a lot of, there's a bunch of innuendos in there, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's just like not taking yourself too seriously, letting yourself find out what's best for you, being really fun with it. So hopefully, man, that was stressful. I couldn't think of that. I was like, oh. you're great. That's perfect. Well, <laughs> Thank you so much, Agatha, for being on the show. We loved having you. And yeah, well, we'd love to have Agatha back on again. So manifesting. Yeah, I'm manifesting it. <laughs> love and light, everyone. Woo-hoo. We love you. Bye. Thank you.